This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Anchor on Podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. It's, uh, it's our second episode recording on the same night, so this is a bit of a strange one, but we thought it was important to get our, our transfer thoughts out there. Um, obviously, it's an important moment for the club in general. You know, we need some players in, basically, and of course, there's a lot of rumours regarding players out. Um, Joe, I believe you've got something to say before we kick, crack on, so uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, with back-to-back pods, uh, it's a uh, it's a busy period, the the Christmas and New Year's period. But uh, I've asked for a postponement from the lads, but apparently uh, I haven't got enough COVID cases for it. Um, but there we go. We'll we'll plow on. Uh, we're 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 looking into the reserves for our, our last bits of energy. But we'll we'll do as good a job as we can. Yeah, unfortunately, with the yeah with the EFL's like you know new new rules and obviously lack of lack of isolation time, you know, Joe, we just got you back in time. So uh, unfortunately, yeah, you've got to be a second episode. Yeah, yeah, just um, finished my isolation period <laughs> ten minutes ago. <laughs> um, right, let's dive straight in. Um, obviously, you know a lot a lot of articles online um, by you know not just random accounts either, like proper respected journalists. If you if you say so yourself on. Uh, particular players potentially going um, lads any thought on that in general um, obviously not going to mention your know, names and places but any thoughts I think um, our window um, obviously keeping the, the spine of the team is the main priority for myself I think obviously we know who they are Twine O'Reilly um, even, even to the point of Harry Darling um, and was we need to keep these um, these young lads? They're going to develop into very good players in the future. And I, I think my my main priority this uh, this window is more keeping instead of buying. Yeah, um, no, we have to keep the players. Um, I feel you know if well if if you get a certain offer, I'm sure 
the club's actually previously has been if you get a certain offer the player goes um, I'm sure that'll be the same here this window um, you know it's I feel like I feel like so far it's, it's steered as well um, obviously you know we can, we, can, we can only go off that that's the previous history that's the, the case that we have um, so I'm sure you know if that situation comes about it comes about hasn't so far so you know keep our fingers crossed it doesn't quite frankly um, Joe I don't know if you've got anything to add on the the outgoing situation um, yeah, I think that um, yeah, that that is one of the main things that um, that we've got to be looking at is to keep to keep the main players that we've that have done us um, you know been been really steady for us this season. I think you know we're not too far off. We're a couple of points off the playoffs. Um, got a game in hand, and I think you know last year we were sitting I don't know maybe sixteenth, seventeenth after twenty three games or so, and we had to basically create a new team. I think we, we spoke about it at the end of the year on the podcast that we had like two or three different teams completely last season. Like, uh, you know, you, you, you'd be, you would be forgiven for, for forgetting that Sam Nombe started the first game of last season, you know, things like that. And um, I think that, yeah, the, the, the nucleus of the team is there, but maybe just a couple of bits to add here and there. Um, but, you know we're not a million miles away, so there's no need to bring in seven or eight players this window. That's for sure. Yeah, and we all know what happened with that. You know, second half of the last season's team, you know, was a was a top three team basically the whole way. So, you know, and most of those players are still here. Well, of course, of course, excuse me, Scott Fraser. So, you know, it's I, I yeah, I'll, I'll be keeping this squad together as much as I can. Um, and you know, hopefully, hopefully, the club's on the same page. Um, but onto the onto the more important stuff, the in, the incomings or the hopeful incomings at least. Um, you know, I think it I think it's absolutely guaranteed that the club are going to be signing players this window. I'll be I'll be absolutely shocked if they don't, quite frankly, and honestly, quite annoyed um, if they don't. So what we what we've done is we've gone through, or we've got our own list of sort of positions we want to target. Um, so yeah, I'll sort of go around the room and say you know what positions we want to target, the sort of say sort of say profiles we'd like to see. Um, out of those positions and um, yeah we'll, we'll go from there so Ross why don't you kick us off with the sort of positions you want to target and you know what sort of play you like at that position in general uh, I, I think the first position we've got to address is obviously um, the striker the striker situation um, I feel I feel if Mo's to work this season and to score many more goals he needs a partner Um Yes, we can we can say Troy this, Troy that, but um, I do believe competition will be the the best thing which uh, will happen to Troy. When Max was there, um, yes, Troy didn't get as many games, but when when he did come on, he did look quite quite good and a lot better than what he is currently. I fe- I felt um, because he's just too hot and cold at the moment. So I'll probably address that, um, but. I think on par with that, I'd probably say, obviously, your left wing back. I, I do feel that's a huge is- issue. Um, Kioso's demonstrated in several games, especially crew away, how he can change a game on his own. Um, but also Harvey. Harvey, I'm, I'm not saying he hasn't had them games because of Wigan away. He had near near on perfect performance, but he doesn't have them performances often. And that's the problem with me. If we are to push onto the playoffs and autos isn't out, out of reach just yet. But if we are to do it, we need to be a lot more consistent going forward. 
And I feel like that comes from both flanks. I, f I feel like we need competition for places and com competition for places means healthy competition. And everyone wants to go up at the end of the day. And um, yeah, they're definitely two, two positions I'd uh, prioritise for sure. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree with the left wing back situation. Um, I, well, we we are on the last episode that uh, Dan Harvey, from yeah, he isn't he isn't doing enough for me at the moment. It's it's just not it's not consistent enough. Um, and yeah, you know he's a, he's a young player, and that's what young players ultimately are inconsistent for the best part. Um, but I think I think the past month or so he's he's not been quite the racist for me. Uh, you know, we we spoke on. Wednesday's episode regarding complacency and whether that is a factor in this situation. And I think the only way we'll actually find that out is by getting in another guy to compete with him, you know, who's to an equal level, if not better um, than, than Dan. I think, you know, we saw from Brooke on Tuesday night that he's he's not quite ready yet. Um, and yeah, that's to be expected. Um, and you, you could argue that, you know, all that, anyway, you can, you can be ready is by game time. And I say it's an argument to an extent. I feel, you know, a time on the training ground is also very important. And it's something we haven't had a lot this season. I won't, we won't get for the future months. So it's going to be hard to rely on someone like Brooklyn Lunga to be able to deputise for Dan Harvey, um, especially with how aggressive Dan Harvey is. You can easily pick up an injury. And, you know, if that happens, it's a serious one. We really are in trouble. Um, so, yeah, left wing back was, was on my list. Um, someone who is, as Ross said, a bit more direct. Um, someone who is equally good at going into the box as he is delivering the football. Um, admittedly, Pete, I feel his delivery at times, you know, to be fair, he's, he's quite selective with his delivery, but it's, it's effective where it needs to be. Um, I think I'd like someone that left-hand side who can actually cross the ball a bit better. Um, and to be fair, I think it'd be quite, it's going to be quite hard to find someone in this window, especially who can deliver the ball into the box, but also get into them themselves and actually do something with the football. And so maybe we have to prioritise, or Liam Sweeting has to prioritise one of those those two things and what you what you'd like. I think for me, if I was to prioritise one of the two qualities, I'd probably say delivering the football into the box via crosses. Um, that could hurt the left wing back spot in terms of getting back. In terms of is that player quick enough to get back and actually you know try and win the ball back and get structure and control back into the game. Um, but you know that fortunately that's not my job to try and find that player. Um, so hopefully, you know, I'm sure Liam, Liam Nathan and the other guys there have got their eyes on a few players who, you know, could do that. Um, before we go on to uh talk about the striker and some positions potentially, uh Joe, why don't you just why don't you give us your list and certain profiles you'd like from that list in general? Yeah, so um just to do a brief overview, in order, I think left wing back is the most important position we need to strengthen. Um, I think that the attacking midfielder role um, is the second most important we need to look at. Um, I then think centre back slash a striker as well. I think those are two areas which I would like us to improve on. But if we don't, I'm not going to, it's not a disaster in my mind. Um, but the first two, left wing back and attacking midfielder, for me, are the most important ones we need to look on. Um, yeah, as you said, with Dan Harvey, it's just a weird one because we've spoken about the element of potentially not much competition. And actually, I think Zach Jules did play a few games at the start of the season. And yeah, I mean, he's not really been knocking on the door ever since, has he? So I think that kind of tells you how that went for him. 
Um, I think it's, yeah, with Dan, it's a weird one. It's almost as if in the last year, you know, you think back to, I remember his goal against Ipswich in one of his first games. He's like cutting in, he's cutting in, smacking it with his right foot. He's, you know, really direct. And then you think back to, I think, his goal against Doncaster, which was from just outside the box or something. You know, he's cutting in, he's taking players on and he's he's um, he's producing the, the efforts. And he might have lost the ball a bit more last season, but I think, for me, he was a bit more effective. He had three goals and three assists in... Um, where is it? He had three goals and three assists and, and he, he wasn't even playing that, that often. He, he played... Um, here we go. Yeah, so he only started 18 games last season and he got three goals and three assists in that time. Whereas this season, he's uh, he's, he's started 21 and he's just got the three assists and zero goals to his name. So I think that's just one of the main differences we're seeing with him. And I remember we said it with Matty Sorinola last season that he's great on the ball defensively. We know how we know Matty Sorinola's qualities. However, going forward, he just he just didn't, he didn't ever take a risk. It was just get the ball, play it backwards, back to the central midfielder or the centre-back, repeat. And I think, you know, that's almost what Dan Harvey's advantage was last season, but it's now, he's now losing that, which is a real shame. Um, I think defensively, he's pretty solid and I'll, no complaints from him on that side of things. Um, but yeah, it's just on the other side because, you know, I think with how we play, we've said it before, Defense, defending is probably like the second, like the third or fourth attribute I'd look for in a left wing back in a, in this team. You know that for me they need to be good on the ball. They need to be um, you know positionally aware, which I think you know helps with um, with with the defensive side bit. And they need to have a good delivery and and a good dribbling ability. So yeah, for me that is why left wing back is the most important. Uh, uh, piece of the jigsaw for me to, to, to get in January. Yeah, um, that was top of my list also. Um, next on my list is a striker. Um, it, it, it was close between a striker and then the midfielder who could sit as like attacking midfielder in a 10 and then drop back into like a more sitting role like the eight, which is you know, very similar to Matt O'Reilly's role in the squad. Um Oh, it's it's very it's very close. Um, I I put striker more because of I want someone who can be a bit more a bit more direct to play alongside Mo. Um, I feel like we need to replace what we had with Waters. Now I'm I do equally agree that Mo does need some better service in that squad, and I'm not saying that that I'm saying that that's very close in terms of how I'd prioritise my, my thoughts with this and potentially getting that that player, that central midfielder, it potentially might be easier. Um, obviously, we don't know that until we come to January 31st. But I think for me, the striker, obviously, we, you know the quality of Max. He, yes, he was in that squad, but ultimately he scored a goal every other game. So that and that's then that's what we need up front. Um, and I think ha- we've, we've clearly outlined on this podcast that Mo needs someone up front with him. And... Is is Troy going to be consistent enough for us going into May? Who knows? It's a lottery, um, and I, I'm not sure I'm willing to buy tickets at lottery to be honest right now. Um, and I think I think Mo, I don't know Mo. I think I think Troy is good off the bench right now, but until I until I see it more consistently, 
I'd, I'd be looking to get a striker in. Now, whether that's just, maybe that's a younger striker, whether that's a more experienced striker, um, who knows? We've, we've obviously spoke about how, you know, getting a more experienced player in brings that consistency. So maybe it is an older player. But obviously, getting an older player at this time in, the win- in this time of the season in the window is it's going to be difficult unless, you know, you have some really, you know, suave recruitment from the likes of Liam Sweet and him, you know, not going to put that past him for sure. Um, but we, we only challenge this window. So I'm, I'm not sure your boys' thoughts on that, but I'd, I would put striker at number two for me behind left wing back. Oh, I completely agree. I think, I think there's evidence for the past couple of games now. I'm going to put a scenario out there for you. If I told you uh, Moisa, Charlie Brown and Troy Parrott, um, do you think them three can take us to promotion? On a serious le- note, I personally uh, don't think they can. No, I don't either. As a three, I don't feel Charlie Brown um, is ready for that step up to take us um, and score beyond 10 goals. Yes, he hasn't had the game time and it's unfair to judge him like that, but I'd, I, I wouldn't want to put my um, eggs in that basket. I'd want to... Um, I probably want to go out in the market and um, even if we've got someone who scored an extra like five five, five to eight goals, at least it's helping Mo and Troy out. I, f- I feel, especially if we come against in the playoffs against these teams, you look at Oxford, they've got these high-level players up top like Matty Taylor. Um, yes, I'm not saying Mo isn't that sort of player, but to, to, to ask him to do that on his own, it, I, I personally feel... Um, it's a bit too far, a step too far, sorry. So I would prioritise the striker position. But um, obviously, we've got a loan spot back now. So uh, obviously, Max going out frees up another loan. And I know we've got a history of promising loan spells um, for certain players. And I do feel like it's a market we could utilise. Um, whether it's a Premier League, Championship, League Two, who knows? But... Um, I certainly would use the loan market in that situation. Yeah, uh, no, I completely agree. You know, with, with the loan strikes we've had in the past, I feel that, yeah, it, it would make sense to use it on that. I, I just feel for some reason that we'll use that loan side and it would gain from you know, Max going back to on on like a on that number ten or number eight sort of player who can play both positions potentially. Um, no, no rhyme or reason really. To be honest, I just I feel we could sign a striker permanently and then get a a young loney in from the Prem who, you know, we've had, again, we've had pretty good success at doing that as well, to be honest, with the likes of Harvey Barnes, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, it's very close to those two positions for me. Um, I, I'm going on to the, that through that central midfielder. I think for me personally, he, he'd have a very similar profile to Matt O'Reilly. Um, a guy who can play multiple positions, is pretty progressive with the football, uh, isn't, isn't particularly you know, direct in terms of the way he runs at the ball, but rather just is, has a much better vision of the game, sits back and sort of uh, the, the hate the hateful saying of playing the quarterback role um, in football, which I know yeah, it's got a lot of stick recently. Um, oh, so you don't want a lot in January then? <laughs> um, uh, listen, if this, if we're, if we're being serious about promotion, which we should be, yeah. and, you know, obviously yeah. Matt O'Reilly's come out and said that they targeted top two this season and then the playoffs was minimum. And I'll see. So we're outside the minimum right now. Um, so yeah, I, I think if they're being serious, then I think this list is the absolute minimum. To be honest, and I, I don't think I'm being too um, too demanding when I say that. Um, 
But yeah, I, I feel a player a bit similar to O'Reilly, adds a bit of depth to the squad, means we're less reliant on on Mac, who we seem to be expecting nines and tens of every game, which, you know, isn't our fault, which is how the games have gone this season. And luckily for 80% of the time, he's delivered on that, on that promise. Um, but yeah, just, just a bit of competition there. And I feel like if a kid, a kid did come in, you know, he could benefit off quite nicely what Matt has done and what the coach staff could offer them. I don't know, um, Jerry, if you had any thoughts to add on that position in, in particular? Yeah, so I'm going to tell you why I think a striker isn't as big a priority as the attacking midfield role. So I'm going to combine the two. Um, I think with the striker role, I mean, Ross said it himself, he's not really getting the service. So what could he do when we know that that's how he thrives as being a striker? And I think as well, we're, we're only playing one striker. We've not played two, two up front all season. Um, so we're not, I don't think we're going to start now. So you've got four senior strikers at the moment in Jay Bird, Charlie Brown, um, Troy Parrott and Mo Issa. I agree that I don't think that the depth is amazing in that position because I think as soon as you get to Charlie Brown, there is a bit of a drop-off. Um, but we did see against Cheltenham, he did play well. He did play all right. And also, you know, he, he nearly had he, he nearly had a chance for a goal against Oxford. Um, I think that, you know, Troy and Mo can both play that position. But I think when you look at the... And also as well, with, with just in terms of the strikers, um, only two teams have scored more than us in the league. You know, and so Mo scored five in... Uh, 1,100 minutes in the league. That's equivalent to of playing about 12, 90 minutes. So actually he's averaging over the course of the season, if he plays 46, 90 minutes, he's averaging about 18 goals in the se- 18 to 19 goals in the season. I'm sure we'd all been pretty happy with that at the start of the season. So I think that's just another thing to re- remember when we're talking about Mo, that actually his goal record is good and he's you know, getting in those areas, uh, it's, I think it's up to other people that need to try and help him out a bit because he's there to do a purpose, but we need to be able to give him the tools to do that purpose. I think Cameron Jerome spoke about it last year when he said, well, actually, when I am getting my chances, I am scoring, but he just wasn't getting very many chances. And I think we saw that when he did, he was scoring them. Um, in terms of attacking midfield, you know, I listed there the strikers we've got with the attacking midfielders we've got you know Scott Twine and then Hiram Boateng we're having to then have Troy Parrott and Matt O'Reilly fill in when I'd definitely would much rather have Matt O'Reilly play deeper influence the game more we had our best spell of the season when Ethan O'Reilly was in central midfield alongside Ethan Robson Um, I think that you know Troy Parrott I think you know he can play that role behind the striker but again I'd prefer him to be, you know, as that main striker, maybe just rotating in with Mo. And Hiram, I think, you know, I think with, with Hiram, we more lose out defensively than attacking. I think, you know, going forward, it's all right. You know, I've said it before, he's got a rare quality that some players don't have at this level. However, I think we miss out defensively in that pressing aspect. And at the start of the season, when we had, you know, Troy, um, Troy, Troy playing that position, you know, really quite well. You know, the pressing was pretty relentless and it rubbed off, rubs off on all the team. So I think that, you know, attacking midfielder, one, it helps uh, it helps keep O'Reilly deeper and it allows O'Reilly then to basically have this role where he does everything. And 
you know, for me, you want your best player to have the most amount of touches. And I think that the best way to do that is by having O'Reilly deeper rather than having O'Reilly at the other end of the pitch waiting for the ball half the game. Um, And I think, you know, Twine obviously nailed down absolutely fine. No problems with him. But it's just that, you know, when you've got Twine and then the next natural attacking midfielder is Boateng. And then after that, you know, who have you got? What, Josh Martin maybe, who's not really in that position. He's normally a winger. You know, Troy Parrott, again, he can do the position, but he's normally a striker. Or Matt O'Reilly, where, yeah, Matt O'Reilly, great in that position. However, I think it takes away from the rest of the team when he does play in that position. So for me, an attacking midfielder, um, you know, someone that can run at players, someone that can, you know, play some nice, cute balls, someone that can, um, you know, see the overlaps and ping a ball out wide, ready for a tap-in for Mo in the middle. That sort of thing is what I'm. I think we should prioritise over a striker. Yeah, I think that's a very fair argument. To be fair, Ross, saw you nodding away. Yeah, it's it's, it's a fair point because obviously, um, have I swayed either of you? Uh, you've swayed me slightly, but I, I'd um, there's arguments for both points, isn't there? So uh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. From, um, from a different perspective, either way, but yeah, it's it's a fair point on in the sense of obviously. We we asked for Mo to get the service, and then obviously he's not, if players like Twine or O'Reilly aren't performing, we need to rely on others. And I I do get what Joe means that we haven't got the quality on the bench to change a game like that. So yeah, it's quite ironic. We were we were, we were praising I think that in the depth towards the start of the season of the squad, and now we're asking for more depth. So <laughs> you can't wait either way. <laughs> um, Joe, I know you had centre back on your list. I'm quite interested to hear your your um, take on this. I'm quite happy with centre back calls, to be honest. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I think it's more. I think the centre backs are good, but if you look at say the midfield, we've got in Dave Kasuma and Matt O'Reilly and Scott Twine. We've got like some of them players are like you know top three, top five in their position in the league. I look at centre backs, and I'd probably say that there's. I wouldn't put any of us, maybe other than maybe Dean Lewington, but that's more for how he how he is on the ball rather than his defending. In terms of pure defending, I don't think any of our defenders would get into the top ten in League One. I think there's you know players like the more natural defenders. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are great on the ball, probably top five, top ten for being on the ball. But I think if you look at pure defending, you look at people like Michael Hiwekwe at um, uh, uh, Rotherham, you look at the likes of um, well, Nottingham uh, Accrington uh, as well. Yeah, Nottingham at Accrington. You've got, um, God, I'm trying to, my mind's gone blank there. Um, you've got uh, well, Wigan, they've got um, a couple of really good centre backs. I think it was um, Ke- Kelland Watts, I think he, he, he's been really good. You've got um, Sheffield Wednesday, Shea Dunkley. Uh, you know, we would, we, you know, didn't really get part of a, I mean, the one goal we scored against Sheffield Wednesday was from about 40 yards. So there wasn't much he could do about that one. Um, but, but, you know, so you, I just think that you look at some of these teams and they've got that dominant power in centre-back. And I think Darlin is very good all round. But I don't think he's, I think he's probably one of the top five for playing with the ball at his feet, for running out and, and doing that side of it. But I wouldn't put him in the top five or top 10 for actual defending. And, you know, the same with Was and the same with Dino. Um, so I think, you know, that's maybe just something we're missing. And also, 
you know, and I don't know what, what sort of position this would be in, but just, I, uh, I think I mentioned before as well, just that little bit of experience, that Andy Sermon character, that Cameron Jerome character, you know, at the moment it's just Louis who's over 28 in the team, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just Louis is over 28 in the team. And I just think it, at this sort of stage, you know, those sorts of players that have been there and done it, that have got promotions, they sort of know what, what how to turn it up, when to turn it down in games. And I think that it's just, we're lacking just that little bit of experience because the, the experienced players in the squad, the oldest players in the squad after Dean Lewington is Josh McEachran, who's been, you know, in and out of teams through injury, through no fault of his own. Um, and, but, you know, he, he strikes me as, I'm sure he's he is a leader, but not not in terms of you know more of an example rather than and how he how he is. Hiram, he's the third oldest in the team uh, for for the outfield players, um, and he's what 26, 25, 26. So you know again he's got plenty of experience, but he, he's not a, the sort of player that you know sort of can take the game by the scruff of the neck or you know really. You, you'd have thought is the, you know, is a, is a Lewington type. So I just think having a couple more experienced heads would benefit the group massively, even if they only play, say, 10 games till the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, Ross, do you think we'll, we'll go over experience this window? I mean, do we have a choice? Do we have to go with younger players or do you reckon we can get some more experienced guys in the dressing room this window? Uh, it's, it's, it's a strange one. Um I do feel like if we got the opportunity for experience um, over the youth as such, um, I, I do feel like we, we would take it due to obviously how young our squad is. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's it's a must in the squad. I know, I, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but we're learning on the job at the moment. Um, Darling learns from his own errors. Was he he was prone to mistakes at the start of the season, and uh, I was first to admit that. But he's really came along. And maybe that maybe maybe them making mistakes lose points. Yes, it, we we don't want it to happen, but make some better players at the end of the day. And um, especially in this situation we're in right now, maybe um, in the future they'll know how to deal with it better. Yeah, but yeah, um, it's interesting because obviously, as as Joe referred to, you know, we've had. Well, admittedly, it's a different regime uh, to this one, but we've had, we've had good, you know, good experiences, bringing experience in this window. Admittedly, uh, some bad ones previous to that. I remember a certain Simon Church, Emmanuel Thomas, at one window. Uh, we won't talk about that. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting to see how these next sort of, what, 25, 26 days go or so to the window ends. Okay, gents, so uh, we've listed our targets. We've said how, you know, about potential outgoing things like that. Overall, how do you do you think there will be a success overall? Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you know we look back to the last couple of seasons, and you know there's been a massive change since Liam's had Liam Sweetens had more of a prominent role in how we're doing things. And I think you can't, you know, we're getting to that stage now where I remember a few years ago people saying, "Why are we signing just so many players on freeze, and why aren't we?" you know, going go and buying players from lower down the league, younger players, and that's what we've done. But the thing is with that, that model only works if you then, like Peter Perdue, like Brentford do, like Leicester City do, 
the model only works if you then sell over sell on the player when you know when an offer comes in and when the time is right and i think we're in a really strong position now because we do have a lot of very attractive young players to teams higher up and higher ups higher ups in the leagues you know and i'm sure there will be plenty of interest however you know i think we're now in a position where you know if i don't think players will be forcing moves or anything like that because it, as far as i'm aware the contract situation is pretty good that seems to be the general word on the street you know so if we do lose someone i think it'll be on our terms and it will be in the best interest of the club we saw with scott fraser we got if you were to believe the rumors but nearly you know between 500,000 and a million pounds um on a player that's 26 years old and had what only had a year left on his contract you know so if we've got players that are younger that arguably are performing at a high level that are uh you know that have a have a, a more time left on their contract and it's January don't forget so you know notoriously you're going to be overpaying in January you know if we do lose one of our star players I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's going to be good for the club and then instead and then you know when we're then buying the next batch of young young talent you know we paid money for Harry Darling we paid money for Warren Ahura it might not have been a lot but this is the start of the process where we're you know, Scott Twine, we paid a fee at a tribunal for him um, due to him being under 23 years old. So we're, play we're, paying player we're paying money for players and they're younger players, but that model only works if you then sell, you know, one of them for big money and then you can reinvest. And I remember when Scott Fraser went, we were all, you know, we weren't happy. We, we were wondering where the goals were going to come from and where the, you know, where the playmaking is going to come from. And Scott Twine's not done too bad, has he? And so I, I, you know, I wouldn't put it past him for some player in League Two that none of us have ever heard of come in and be the next Scott Fraser, the next Keith Andrews, the next Deli Alley. Who knows? So yeah, I think whatever happens, I think the club will be acting in a sustainable, which is important because the club loses, you know, on average, I think it's best nearly a hundred thousand pounds a week. Yeah. So, you know, if we are getting a million quid in for a player or two million quid in, it's not going in Winky's pocket. Let's just put it that way. So, um, yeah, I'm sure that Sweetin and co are working, uh, working away and that whatever happens, it will be in the best interest of the club. Ross, uh, how do you think window will go, mate? Do you reckon it'll be sitting February 1st, happy or what are your thoughts on it? Um, the window will be decided by where we finish at the end of the season. It really Fair will point. be. Um, you can't, you can't, you can't say in February that we've had a good window or not. Um, I've, I said it from the start of the season. I said I wanted progression from a position last year, and currently we are making pro progress. So I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to expect playoffs. I'm not going to expect autos. I said progression, and I'll stick by that. And um, that's the model we've got to take. Yeah, and of course, a lot of people will say that the players that we do sign, you can't judge them until, say, you know, what, April, May, at the very earliest, probably even later than that, if they're, you know, permanent signings. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But thank you very much for tuning in to the latest episode of the Ingram Podcast. Uh, if you're in Accrington tomorrow, uh, do say hello, if you're not drenched anyway. Um, yeah, and we'll, until then, come on, you dons.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.